So, so people are wondering if this is going to be live or not. I'm like, why would I even question that? And I, I think it's because they think Kennedy and Salmon's are going to be on the stream because I put them in the thumbnail. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. We have clickbait, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so, it was a picture that Anthony took at the conference. I figured I'd use it. Sorry, guys. So, um, no, but I did speak to Kennedy earlier, and he does want to do something this week, right? Like, I, There's so many people that that want to do something together. Right. So I actually just texted my dude. I had such great conversations with Michael Hitchborn. Like, I, and I told him, I'm like, I'm like, Mike, I'm not bringing you on to talk about the CCHD. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, everybody hears you do that. I'm like, I want to hear this. Like the conversation. Where Everyone having, knows we buy condoms for Africans. We yeah. know that. And I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not saying that's not important. No, like, of I just, not. like if he go, like, let him do that with, more like bigger shows like because yeah. it'll get more attention and stuff and we may even address those things but the conversations we were having about like the church and the anti-church and all those things like he is a very deep thinker he's very smart he i'm i'm telling you what i realized is as the the talk i gave so well first off if anybody is new to the channel because you saw you were at the conference let us know like i want to know if there's new people watching because they were introduced to our channel through me mm -hmm. going and giving that talk i think once the talk goes up on um on the website i think then you're going to start to see on um, on canceled priest a new a new influx of of viewers but also john henry weston interviewed me after the talk so and I, I had a uh, oh so hi welcome Michelle. There's one. All so, right. Le, le, all right. Let's just let's talk about this conference because this was the first conference I ever went to, not just spoke at. Right? Like I've never been to. I've done retreats. So you had no what uh, no idea what to expect at all. None. Um, I saw the list of speakers and I was like, wow, I don't belong on this list. <laughs> like that was my impression. Like I have no business being on this list. Well, clearly, that's not the case. No, listen to me. When I tell you the the people were so kind to me, like, and so many people came up to me afterward, encouraged and encouraged me, and it's like other speakers. You mean? No, or people in general. People watched, yeah, dude. You don't realize, like, I I was. You're in. You're up on a panel with like it's like it's like trying to play for the major leagues when you're you know triple A. <laughs> out there, it's and. I mean, I'm I'm up on the same panel as Michael Hitchborn, John Henry Weston, Abby Johnson, um, Jesse Romero, Peter Kwasniewski, Brian McCall, like the, the people that were on You're this. You're wrong, line. by the way. You huh? just blew his pronunciation. You said you were no, going to get it right. It's Kwasniewski. Oh. <laughs> I'm, listen to I'm me. giving you a hard time. <laughs> oh, listen to me. <laughs> I learned it this weekend. So, <laughs> um, and Kennedy Hall mentioned you. Kennedy mentioned me twice in his talk, and John Henry Weston mentioned me twice in his talk. Very nice. So it it was so weird because like I didn't belong there, and then like I think everybody kind of took me in like a little brother. 
that's really what happened, right? Like, so like it wasn't like they were shouting me out because I said something so profound. It was more like they were encouraging me. Yeah. You know, and it was like it really touched me, man. And like when 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 I gave that talk and then people were coming up to me afterward and they were like, I really enjoyed your talk. Like it was so encouraging because I really did not know how people were going to take it. Like I had no idea. I knew I had like decent content, but like you still don't know how it's going to be. I didn't know if right. I went too deep. I didn't know how I was going to deliver it. So it, people were super, super kind and Kennedy made fun of me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's just the inner, like that's what they do. But let me tell you something about Kennedy, man. Um, Kennedy, I'm going in and he's giving a talk, Lefebvre, the original canceled priest, right? So I'm like, all right, another Lefebvre talk. Dude, <laughs> Kennedy. Thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, by the way, by the way, this one. Yeah, so, okay, so anybody knew that, it, oh, not yet, Mrs. C. It's coming out soon, though. So uh, Molly is asking, is it public? So it's coming out. So they're, what they're doing is starting Monday, they're going to release two a day, I believe. So I was in the first day, so it may make the first week. It may be like Monday next week. I was I was like one of the later afternoon talks on the first day. So, um, so oh, this is my little sister Chrissy's Give, Send, Go. So she's going to be a passionist nun. Um, so, all right. So what, what happened, I was actually talking about my sister over the weekend and all that. So, all right, after I give the talk, everybody is super nice to me. Right. But the best part of this conference was not even the speakers. They were amazing. And it was the way father Lavel did it was they were half hour talks. That's good. Dude, you get, you get tedious after an hour. Like it's yep. like, like you're sitting there for an hour and I'm talking like even like a good speaker. It's like an hour is a long time to sit there for a talk. So having a 30 minute talk made every single speaker condense their message down and have nothing but fire. Right. From like from beginning to end. Cause anything um, after half an hour is more of a, like a class or lecture than a, a talk. Yeah. And it was so well done because you never got bored. Um, James, oh man, see what I mean? Like there, there were people who were literally like lifting my spirits so much. So after that first day, we had a group of like 40 people hanging out that night. Mm -hmm. All just like having a beer together and just hanging out, talking. Like we were up until like 12 o'clock at night, one in the morning hanging now, out. Was it all just the speakers or were there attendees? So there, there was two different scenarios, right? So one is like in the hotel lobby. There's a, there mm -hmm. was a restaurant right there with an open, you know, a bar, not an open bar, but there was a bar. And a very controversial Starbucks. Very controversial Starbucks. <laughs> there Love was a lot teams. of guys. There's a lot of guys out front smoking cigars, right? So there's all these different, like, like cliques that you could go and hang out with. Right. And, I mean, you remember when I went to Steubenville. I want everyone hanging out having fun. Like, right, like yeah. I yeah. wasn't letting people go no, to bed. That, that's your, that's who you are. Yeah, your like, I did everything I could to make sure anybody that wanted to hang out was having fun. Like, I was buying rounds of drinks for people. <laughs> I'm like, like, stop it, you're well, Now we know where all that conference speaking money went. <laughs> I spent a lot of it. Um, but it was just such a great time. And then at, on Friday night, I get a text from Father Lavel, and he says, come up to my room, bring a glass. And I'm like, okay. 
you know, and I don't know what I'm getting into. Um, I go up there and I'm in this room. It's John Henry Weston, six or seven priests, Father Altman's up there, Kennedy Hall's in there. And it's like, I'm the guy who would have paid to go to the conference, right? Like I would have gone as an attendee and somehow I get this opportunity. Yeah, you'd been planning it for the last six months. So, and now somehow I get this opportunity to not just attend, but be in the inner circle where I'm being invited up to father's room to have a nightcap with like 10 of the most brilliant people I've ever spoken to. Yeah. What? The term nightcap? Just, is that you? Just the, <laughs> is that you the way that? you said that, you know. <laughs> what is a nightcap? Is it a nightcap cappuccino? No, no. Nightcap is, is uh, just a, a drink of alcohol before. A that. cocktail. Okay, a cocktail. Okay, so, oh, a nightcap, like capping off the night. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 exactly. So now, let me just let me just tell you something. Father Vaughn Treco, do you remember him? So I, I had never heard of him until this weekend. I, I looked him up, and it turns out he was actually in Minneapolis, kind of. I'm from that area, so I can't believe I never heard of him. Okay, so. But he was ordinariate, right? Ordinariate, okay. Because when I saw who excommunicated him, I'm like, Lopez. I'm like, oh, he must have been, uh, must have been ordinariate. So now he is, first off, he's such a great like he's so smart and like just a deep thinker so soft-spoken um he got excommunicated excommunicated for speaking out about the council so he gave a homily this was back in 2019 2019 before for the madness and he the talk gets published by the remnant. Which is right there in Minneapolis, St. Paul too. So if you've never heard this talk, just, just Google father Von Traco and listen to this, this homily. It's a 25 minute homily, 30 minute homily. It is so profound and so accurate. And it's, ah, I keep hitting the buttons. Dude. We got to figure this out. Um, so level <laughs> level is an expert in all things drink related. So, uh, he starts explaining to me. So I'm thinking he came into the ordinariate, right? And I'm assuming he says like the Anglican, like the high church Anglican Missal. He goes into explaining to me why even the Anglican Missal is like an abomination. <laughs> he's like, dude, I, we have to get him on because yeah. you really have to hear how he, like, he's just so much smarter than me. Look, I have my thing that I'm good at. Like, you know, like I have my little avenue where I, where I excel. Yeah. But when you get in, when you sit down and you talk to guys who are really great in their field at other things, and you get to learn something, like it's a it's an amazing experience. So so now we're up in this room with these ten guys, and I'm not even supposed to be there because who am I? I'm some dummy with a podcast. And you're the I, guy that pushes his way in everywhere. Everything, Rob. When I tell you, listen to me. I'm the fan who made himself like I'm like no no no. You don't have a choice. I'm here. You know like. I I forced people to be my best friend. They didn't have a clue oh, who I was. Trust me, I know. I know. <laughs> Literally, I were friends. <laughs> I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> it's amazing. So I go in and like I and I'm seeing guys that like. So John Henry Weston was so funny because he. All right, we're all outside. This is Thursday night, the first night I get there. Now, so I get there Thursday morning, and I'm like one of the first people there. <laughs> We're having a single white female in the Catholic world. 
indecent no not what's it, what is it uh fatal attraction right uh, so um when anthony's great is taking deep catholic theology and break it down i think that is what i'm good at like taking it like a very deep concept and dumbing it down for like the common layman i like how he puts it in there it's not fake and gay <laughs> oh i was fanboying all over twitter it was so bad so all right so listen so i'm we're out, i'm out front it's me kennedy eric salmons and about 10 people watching me eric and and kennedy have a conversation right because you usually get that like you'll get three guys having a conversation and then there's a lot of people just sitting and listening to the conversation we're talking i think they were just trying to understand what you and kennedy were saying to each other dude, between his canadian accent I, and your accent Kennedy Hall is my boy, bro. Like, I cannot tell you that, kid. <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Abate. That is amazing. <laughs> okay, so listen, let me tell this. Like, everybody stop commenting. Listen, so <laughs> I, uh, I'm talking to Eric and Kennedy, and there's like 10 people listening, and I see John Henry Weston inside inside the by the bar speaking with like probably big donors or something you know? yeah. <laughs> so like he comes down from the room and i see him inside and i'm like all right that's john henry west and i'm like he's not i'm not letting them go upstairs i'm like he's coming out i open the door i go john henry come on out come on out and i force him to come out he hung with the riffraff like when i tell you this man hung out with the riffraff he was so awesome, man. Like there were some look, some speakers like they have like Catholic celebrity status, so like yeah, they shy away from it because they don't, you know, they're not. It's I'm not saying anything negative. Like it's just it gets to be a bit much. I mean, you go to a conference like that, 40, 50 people. When literally there, everyone like, there at the conference knows exactly. you. There's yeah. something so special about the position I was in because I was not known, so I was able to enjoy both aspects. I was able to go as a, like a a person looking forward to going and I was able to be a part of the, the, you know, the upper echelon because I was asked to speak. It was a weird, dude, I had such a, such a fun time. Like, so I get John Henry out, he comes out and like, he's just slumming it with, 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 with us. Like I couldn't believe I love it. I how so you're including Kennedy and Eric in this. Well, because Kennedy and Kennedy's just a regular dude, right? Yeah. Like he is, I know he's big, but he's just a regular dude. So, and, but John, I mean, dude, there's levels of, like, Jesse Romero is a, you know, he's a big name in this arena, you know? I, and I, I knew about him before my reversion, you know? Let's put it this way. Jesse Romero comes with his wife to every one of these things, which I think is amazing, right? So, like, yeah. he does this with his wife because he's on speaking tours constantly. So, he comes with his wife Everybody's there watching the conference. The bus boy who's clearing the table comes over to Jesse Romero speaking Spanish to like he didn't care about anybody else. He just wanted to meet Jesse Romero because Jesse yeah. Romero bilingual. He's in both communities. Like the bus boy knew Jesse Romero. And and I looked over and I saw that and it was like, that's so awesome. Like, that's amazing. Now, the thing that thinks about Jesse bringing his wife is he goes up to the room at the end of the night because he's with his wife, you know, and yeah. it's all men hanging out. So it's like, I, I kind of wished we would have got a chance to pull Jesse because Jesse will hang with us. I know he would. Um, so, uh, all right. So that night I go up to um, up to Father Lovell's room. And we have that conversation. Now, when I get up in Father Lovell's room, I take command of the room. And I treat it like I'm I'm interviewing on Avoiding Babylon. I mean, that's what I'm doing. 
Like, See, this is I why I need to go with you next time. That way, I have the camera recording this stuff. The 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 that would have been um, dude. If somebody would have recorded the conversations up in Father Lavel's room, like they would go viral. They were amazing conversations. I get John Henry Weston. I'm like I'm like John Henry. I I've been watching you for 20 years. I'm like I don't know anything about your story. Like what? When do you come into the church? I'm like, was see, he mentioned something about his wife not being Catholic, like his wife before her reversion. I'm like, so I first asked him about his wife's conversion, mm-hmm. and it's a dude, miracles happen to convert his wife. His wife has legit locutions, hmm. like unbelievable things happen. That, to, that so, what you're me. saying is, we have to get him on the show for that. You have. I, it, I'm not going to talk to John Henry about life site. I want to talk to John Henry about this conversion story that he tells us. But starts with his wife, and then he starts telling us his conversion story. We were on the edge of our seats, like, "What are you in? Are you kidding me?" He was messing around with the Chinese mafia, bro. Like, you don't have. A, you can't imagine the tr- John Head, dude. Um, he has to tell the story. I, I, I don't know what he's. I'm just telling you. The man has one of the most amazing conversion stories I've ever heard. Like, it's just, just so interesting. He starts life site before his wife converts. Like, I'm going to end up with both the Italian mob and the triad. <laughs> so, like, I go up, and now there's a Scottish priest up there that I could barely understand, but I want to hear his story. So, we all feel that way listening to you every <laughs> I keep, I keep, I keep saying what to him, right? He's like, he's like, don't you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I don't know what the hell you're saying. Like, tell me. I'm like, I don't understand what that word is. What are you saying right now? I'm like, this is so interesting, but I need to know what you're saying. So I actually, I have his contact info. Then there's a, then there's a priest who, dude, this guy. He does, Do you think he's, he's gonna text in an accent like that guy on Twitter? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yes. He, t- he tweets in a Scottish <laughs> accent. He tweets in so a Scottish accent, but he's not like, He actually writes it out like as a Scotsman. So, And he's from America. That's the best part. So, Father Dunn. Okay, perfect. Yes, Father Dunn. He was so good. Like, he just... But it was hard to understand. So, I just kept saying, what? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Stop. What? Stay. You can repeat that again. Please. I don't understand. He's like... <laughs> he was... He's like, you think I... You can't understand me. I can't understand you. So... <laughs> Then there's another priest who's doing the rosary meditations, and he is this sweet Texan wearing a cowboy hat. As okay, cleric. so he was the one with the cowboy hat in the picture. Cowboy hat okay. and clerics. Everything I say to him, he you know, goes, should I should I pull up your Twitter like photo feed over the last few days to show people? Um, I guess you can. Just the photos. Just go to media, right? Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to media, a lot on your Twitter. Photos, I don't want to show people. The um so the 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 priest that is wearing the cowboy hat he does the I met so many priests that I forgot so many of their names like I really feel terrible that I don't remember their names because I spent real time with these men but there was so many like I met Father Navarro I met Father Von Traco was an easy one to remember because I knew him from Father before. who uh Father not that not Father <laughs> Mark Navarro different Father Navarro um yeah <laughs> um so um okay so okay so. Cowboy hat all the way on the right. Okay, so, so the rosary med- meditation. Right now, you have Father yeah. Altman next to him. Yep. Kennedy Hall, Father Von Traco. So that's Von Traco. Okay. Correct. And then you have Father Dave Nix. Yep. I'm going to tell you something about Father Dave Nix too. 
Actually, while my mom's in the chat, wait, all right, pop out of that picture for a second. I'm going to tell you guys a story because I, I called my mom after the talk and I'm telling her, um, like, mom, I really think everybody loved it. I'm like, a lot of, a lot of people are coming up and telling me that. And my mom right away just says, Anthony, you have to watch the pride. Like right away. That's her main concern. Right. And she's right. Like you really do. You like, I like you, you have to be so careful because it's not worth getting the biggest podcast in the world if you lose your soul. Like you so really do. You, you have to really think about that. Yeah, so true. So like my head was that's I, like, my role. I, I <laughs> you do you keep me humble. <laughs> that's true. So um, like you do start getting a little puffed up when people are telling you like how great the talk was and like and it's like you you start to get a little puffed up. So yeah. I had something I wanted to go to confession for right, and I'm like. I'm going to wait until I leave the conference. I, I'm, I'm spending time with these men. Like, I don't, I don't want the, you know, you don't want to go to confession to a priest and then he knows your sins. And like, you, like you, really I mean, think- let's all be honest. We're all more comfortable. Usually going to confession outside of our home parish, outside of our own parish behind a screen. Right. Like, you don't want yeah. the priest, you know, right. So I go, not only am I going to go to a priest, I know I'm going to go to a priest. I really know. And I'm going to go to a priest who I want to like, and like, I want this priest to admire me even, you know, I mean, if you're being honest, like you want it, I want to impress him. And I just said, I'm obviously not going to say what I said in there, but I just went to father Dave Nix to, as a humility, as an act of humiliation, like just knock me down a peg. And it was really difficult. Like, that's not, I don't know, man, that was really hard <laughs> to go to him. But my mom was right. Like, it's, you really have to be super careful about this stuff because I've, I've seen it happen with guys where they get big. And then, like, there was one person at the, I'm not going to say who, obviously. There was one person I was less than impressed with, not because of their content or anything, but how they, uh, how they were. Reported themselves after. Yeah. Like, they, like, they, you know, it was just like, I hope I never get like that. Like, I always want to be. I'm sure Eric was just tired. I mean, it, he's an older guy. Oh, he's just an old grouch, dude. He's yeah. never, it has nothing to do with humility. He's just an old grouchy man. Yeah. We went to dinner and I made the, and I get. um Yeah, like, I mean, so grouchy. <laughs> he's such a great guy, dude. He is so funny because he wants to play it off like he's this this miserable grouch, but he is just such a good man. <laughs> We went out to dinner and uh, we get to the table and they're all trying to figure out to order. And the waitress comes over and she's like, you guys want an appetizer for the table? And they're all like, no, no, I think we got to give me that. Man. Get over here. I'm like, bring out a plate of burrata for us. I'm like, and then after the, when the dinner main meal comes out, I want this cream corn with bacon. This I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go. It's burrata. <laughs> so burrata is mozzarella cheese with heirloom tomatoes and creamed mozzarella in the middle. Oh, These wow. men had never tried that. It was so looks like balsamic, balsamic right? glaze on top. Like, oh, oh. dude, so I take a picture of it. And Eric's like, What are you, a foodie? I'm like, No, I'm gonna bring this up on the show, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna go your Instagram. That's <laughs> <laughs> what my wife says every time. I take I'm, a picture I'm not, I see people guessing in the comments, and I'll never, I will never say publicly. It's just, it's, and then there was nothing wrong with the, with the, per- I'm not, listen, there was, I'm just saying it like I, I loved, nothing impressed me more than seeing. A, a, a John Henry Weston come and hang out with the Riffra. Michael Hitchborn hanging with the Riffra. I'll tell you one thing though. You know who's a total introvert is uh, Doctor Kwasniewski, right? So I, 
I can, I can see that. Like a total introvert. So like he gave his talk and then he's just sitting at a table selling his books. Like he doesn't want, even when it's really noisy, like he doesn't like the noise. So I'm talking to Michael Hitchborn and uh, yeah, this is exactly at the moment. Right. So I'm talking to Michael Hitchborn and Dr. Kwasniewski comes over to get a cocktail. And I'm like, no, 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 let, let me get a few. So he drinks a Manhattan and we're just talking, we're talking about something really great and he's like hey, would you guys mind just coming over to the table with me like I, I like he couldn't handle the noise it was too much for him you know so like him it had nothing to do with pride or anything you could just tell he's just doesn't he's he's not comfortable in a, in a in a situation like that like some people are just like that right they're just i'm generally like that i, I can yeah. i can i can do it for a night but yeah, I'd you rather can not. so um Dwok, uh, Dwok. <laughs> Dr. Dwok. Dr. Kwasniewski and Michael Hitchborn and I all uh, were talking and see Eric nerds out. Oh, like he oh, was yeah. he was the only person Eric wanted a picture with. Eric was like, hey, Anthony, can you can you take a picture of me and, and Peter? Like, Eric, I'm the one you need the picture with. Like <laughs> what do you want a picture with this guy for? No, I'm kidding. Um uh, we are going to get uh Peter on. Um, That's so, I'm I'm reading one of his books right now. I read so his book good. on the Eucharist. I'm reading the uh, Silence, Reclaiming the, the Roman Right. Oh, Reclaiming the Roman Right. Yeah. All right. So then, all right. So I'll read that too, and we will interview him about that book. How about that? Oh, dude, it's fire. It's okay. So, so I will get that book too, and we'll interview him about that book because him, you can't just—he's not going to come on for a typical Anthony and Rob chit show. You know, like <laughs> we can't do that. We need to. He's—I'm telling you—he's such. Yeah, he's a legit melancholic, but he's brilliant. Like, like a computer brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. and he. Oh, so what? The so at first he was very standoffish with me. And the way I got him in was Joshua Charles, because Joshua okay. Charles is friends with him. Okay. So, so I, I like I, I tried to start a conversation with him a few times, and he was like, "Oh yeah," but like I could see he wasn't interested. Like I, not, I, I don't want to say it like in any way disparaging him. I just could tell he's it's not his temperament. Yes, it's his temperament. It had nothing yeah. to do with anything else. So I'm talking. I'm talking to Michael Hitchborn. He comes over. I buy him a drink. So now that I buy him a drink, he's like a little. He's like, okay, I'll I'll talk with you. You know. So I'm like, all right, we'll walk over by the by the book stand. You know. And I said, uh, I said, uh, Doctor Kwasniewski, we actually have a, a friend in common, Joshua Charles. He goes, oh, you know Joshua. And right away he warmed up to me, and I start talking to him about Josh's work, and it was just such a great in, you know. Yeah. And it turns out. Joshua also is friends with Michael Hitchbaum. Joshua's friends with everybody, dude. Uh, being a White House speechwriter, I mean, yeah. He is friends with, but he has like real friendships with everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I go up to my room and I call him and I'm like, listen to me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, your ears have to be ringing. I'm using your name to make friends with people that have no business being friends with me. Like, I'm just, I'm just throwing his name around to get in, to get in there. So uh, let's see. Um, I said he sounds more like an introvert than my husband, more of an introvert than my husband. I didn't know that was all he is like when um, whose speech was my favorite. Ooh, one of your tweets said that Dr. K's was the highlight, but that that was probably during that point. Right. Like there was something because he um, he just goes so deep. 
he just goes so deep. But there was one or two that like I jumped out of my seat. You want to know who was amazing? Janet At- Smith. Okay, I wouldn't. I Dude. don't know much about her. Janet Smith and even Abby Johnson, bro. Right? Like, so we go there to see, and I'm thinking Abby Johnson. Well, I don't remember my speech, Don. Like, no joke. I don't remember it. Like, I don't know how I delivered it. I'm going to be shocked when I watch the video of it. It was it was kind of like just like a rush that went by. So, okay. So, uh, Abby Johnson gets up. We're all thinking you're going to get your typical abortion speech. I almost didn't go to the talk. Like, I don't know. This was the, she opened the whole conference, opened right? the whole conference, dude. I don't, I almost didn't go to the talk. I'm like, I don't know. Abby Johnson talking about abortion. Dude she's coming to like it's just so crazy to see the people that are like like why is abby johnson speaking at the canceled priest coalition abby johnson was the ewtn like the queen of ewtn i mean she you know the book the book oh, movie, uh, the movie yeah. everything right like she was their darling and uh, me and kennedy are sitting there listening to this talk and he keeps looking over me he's like can you can you believe this? dude covid <laughs> COVID sent her like she is based now, dude. Like <laughs> she's like, I got canceled for reading Catholic doctrine. Like she's literally reading documents from the church and get, she's not allowed on EWTN anymore. She can't speak at parishes anymore. She goes, you want to know why I'm at this ca- at this coalition for ca- canceled priests? Because I can't talk anywhere else. And they're the only ones that'll have me like, and when these kinds of things happen to people, like that's when you start seeing like this is this is we're not under normal circumstances right like right. like these aren't normal like if anything this whole conference it's not business just, as usual bro like you're hearing just how bad things are and what's so crazy is you're hearing how bad things are and you come out of it energized and refreshed and you may hopeful because you're seeing other people are not blind to it you have camaraderie with other people i came out of this thing so rejuvenated like so excited for the faith so ready to go to battle with my fellow catholics i'm like i can't wait for next year if they do this again like i will be its biggest promoter i had such an amazing time at this thing is kennedy's beard real oh it's real dude he is so um so I've never been to another concert uh, co- uh, conference, right? So we're yeah. up in we're up in Father Lavel's room last night, and Kennedy stands up and he goes, can I, "Gentlemen, can I raise my glass to something?" He goes, "I was at the Catholic Identity Conference, uh, you know, a few months back." Yeah, said, and I'm not. I don't want this to be a dispute. And he, I don't. He wasn't trying to disparage the CIC at all. That wasn't his point. His point was like there was it was very political. A lot of it had to do, it almost sounded like neocon politics a little bit, right? Like, it was definitely the faith, but it was way more political in nature. Like, every, mm-hmm. because, you know, we were dealing with the, the end of the, the pandemic and all that stuff. So, but this one, because it wasn't just the talks, it was that we're all spending this time together, having a cocktail together and talking together. I mean, I hung out with, listen, I've had so many blowouts with David L. Gray over the death penalty online. And then I meet the man in person. And he's a gentleman. Like I'm telling, you, I love David L. Gray. Like he, he was such real quick. He was such a good guy. I had such a great time with him. Like, so, quick comment here. Yeah. Just this is gonna sound 
not great. Okay. Just from this angle, he looks a little bit like Dave Chappelle, right? Because you saw me put the picture on. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the Dave Chappelle at the at the in the bit where Clinton he's wearing the clan. Yeah, he's wearing the clan thing. Um, so when you want to know what's funny about David L. Gregg? Huh. We all know his position on on the death penalty, right? So he yeah. gives his whole talk, and like the same day, John Henry Weston gets up, and he's like, and then Pope Francis changes the catechism, and it's the first domino to fall. And I look over at David, I go, yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I had such a great time with him, man. I There wasn't one person there that I didn't have a good time with, man. I made sure everybody that anybody that would talk with me, I spoke with, like I spent time with them and hung out with them. I, uh, the, the, our table, like my uh, specific table, uh, wow. Mind blowing the Masons. So let me tell you something. I was even with David L. Gray, I'm going, Mm -hmm. I'm going another free talk. Right. He blew my mind. He's a great speaker, a great speaker. And it was just like, there were so many of the, the talks that I thought were just going to be generic and they weren't right. Like the abortion talk and it blew me away. And David L. Gray with Freemasons and it blew me away. Um, Michael Hitchborn was great. Um, Matthew plays gave a talk on fasting. That was really great. Um, I'm trying to think which one actually got me out of my seat where I jumped out of my, well, first of all, John Henry Weston and Jesse Romero by far were rightfully so the keynote speakers for each night john henry yeah, you Westbrook. could you could give him any subject to talk about and they jesse romero into something amazing jesse romero knows how to give a talk man like I just look at this yeah like he knows how to give a talk man he was like people were jumping out of their seats clapping mid mid speech right but janet smith man so janet smith she was always supposed to have what, 30 was, minutes. what was her talk on the bishops and yeah. and just her dude she i mean she talked about why we're in the situation we're in like showing how the bishops is a gay club it's a gay club yeah. and you get you, you just keep elevating well, the, the two bishops that visited strickland are both uh mccarrick's nephews so okay so let's talk about strickland oh, that's another thing right so Right. I am yeah, a social you- butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I just like people to have fun, man. Like I really wanted everybody to. I wanted to make sure everyone at that conference had a fun time. Where is the one? I swear you took a picture. You might. I might not have been on mine. It might have been. Oh, you're right. John Henry was Weston. It- go to John Henry Weston's or oh, go to Kennedy's. It was it Kennedy? I think it was Kennedy. Go to Kennedy's. The, the the John Henry Weston and. Um, them all standing up when yeah, here it is. Oh. Okay, so now at this point we just find out is Doug Barry in camo and jeans? Doug Barry is a uh, a man's man, and when I saw him get up in jeans and a t shirt, I was like, "Yes, yeah, I'm not wearing a suit <laughs> once this weekend. Let's go." <laughs> suit staying in the suitcase. <laughs> Yo, I had that suit, the suitcase. I never put it on once. Because Father Lavel tells me, he's like, you got to wear a suit when you give the speech and you got to wear a suit to dinner. I'm like, okay. So I bring my suit. When I saw Doug Barry in a t-shirt, and somebody comes up to me after, they were like, 
uh, they made like a joke to me, like, uh, like you know, I I know you say and you don't belong on this, you know, but you do belong in this conference. But you're not Doug Barry, so you should have been in a suit. You know, like, <laughs> like, like you haven't acquired the level of success that you can claim your own wardrobe. In other words, right? So that's funny. Um, so they get up and we find out about Bishop Strickland. Listen to me. This is why I'm telling you, you guys have nothing to worry about with Strickland. It's not going anywhere. Like it, 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 it would be too big of a headache. For them, way too big of a headache. Like if when I tell you Bishop Strickland, that like John Henry Weston calls him America's bishop, because he is America's bishop, because he's the only one that would fly to L.A. to protest the Dodgers. He's the only one who speaks up on pro-life stuff. He's the only one who speaks up on anything. So he and it's like wherever the issue is in the country, you hear from Bishop Strickland and he says something. He's like the last moral voice in America. Right. You get rid of a guy like him, like He'll be at the cancel priest conference next year. They don't want that. <laughs> that would be a that would be a watershed moment for so many people in the church that are still playing the everything's fine with Francis game. Like you yeah. just can't play that game. Look, and the reason he got the apostolic visitation isn't because he's talking about these issues. He got it because he wrote that tweet about uh, I reject Francis's plan to undermine the faith. You know that's why he got it. I mean, he got you know. They, he should have been more careful than that, probably. But who cares? Like he, you know. I mean, it's so, the truth. So it's the truth, right? So it's like, and if the, and people that are going to try and say that he's not trying to do that, it's like, come on. Like, are we still pretending? Like, I don't you like know, playing believe. And you're right. It's whether you're trad or or conservative like or whatever. Like, we all, we all feel like we'd go into battle with him because we all know he would with us. Like, if something crazy were to happen to my diocese, I have more confidence he would show up to do something than my own bishop would. Joe Diodati says that he's endorsing the new Jim Caviezel movie. That might be why. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. You guys think the trad community is small, right? We're only 2% of the church, they say, right? Like, the trad community is small. Do you want to know what community is small? The Francis fans. Hmm. Like, really think about what I'm telling you. Like, there are people who endure Francis and don't say anything. The faction that actually likes Francis, the man is not liked. There's not, I mean, you're talking about most most of the people that like Francis. They're not the Catholics that are in the, that are at mass anyways. They're not going to mass on Sunday. They're the people who don't care about their faith. But not even that. Just listen, Mike Lewis runs where Peter is, right? Like he mm-hmm. runs that outfit. That would be the, like analogous to one Peter five when Steve Skojak ran it. Like they, you know, he's the one on the left and Skojak's on the right. Skojak had like 25,000 subs on his YouTube channel. Mike Lewis has 700. Like we're better than Mike Lewis. One Peter five or not one Peter five. One, where where Peter, Peter is- has 700 subscribers. We are bigger than that. There is no market for this content. That's well, no, a, because because their their market's little. literally like dying as we speak. Which which market? That market? Yeah. There's nobody cares about it. Nobody wants to hear that. Look, there are those who want to undermine the church and are just leftists, right? They're not. They don't care about the church. They're not listening to what Pope Francis said. No, they're too busy at their pride marches. Exactly. Like they don't like it's not like there's people who love Francis and love what he's doing because he's great for the church. It's just the, they don't exist. You think we're small? We're not small. We have momentum. Listen to me. The FBI wouldn't be 
spying on us if we were really no threat. Like we are a threat. You guys really have like that was a great thing to hear from for me. Like it's like guys, you that know, means we're 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 making we're making a mark. They're worried. But if you get a guy like Strickland, now you have those trads that they're so worrisome they have the FBI in. Plus, you're getting your normie conservative so Novus Ordo. One, one stat that's thrown around a lot in kind of the uh, the Second Amendment, like Gadsden flag uh, libertarian sort of community is is 3%. That like during the, the Revolutionary War, only 3% of Americans fought against the British, right? Yeah, and the, and the whole idea is that it all it, it takes a small only a small number, to, like actively fighting to really change something. So you know they say trads are two percent, but really if you're looking at like mass going Catholics, we're I'm listening. More, so I just God, if you're looking at mass mass going Catholics, we're probably more like twenty percent. But and we cause enough headache for the Francis crew as it is imagine that if you added all the conservative normie Catholics to that because you, I mean. you're, because you're, you do something to strickland strickland transcends the trad conservative normie type thing like he's, he said his first tlm like what two years ago under covid but i mean he's really a novus ordo he's a novus bishop. ordo bishop but he's but he speaks out for the moral teachings of the church so you get he gets love from the trads, which he, that's not a regular thing, where he really does transcend that whole division that you had. And I'm not saying he's going to unite the clans. I'm just saying the pushback they'll get, it's not going to be like when Francis restricts the TLM. Right. You're going to get, you're going to get what they had at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. How, how do you deal with all the, with the, with a bunch of pissed off conservative Catholics when you can't put them in a liturgical ghetto? Somewhere? Exactly. Exactly. Like we're being put to concentration camps like this. They can't do that with the regular typical Novus Ordo Catholic. Right. And and the thing is, who's paying attention to what's going on in the church is your typical conservative Novus Ordo Catholic listens to EWTN, relevant radio, all that. Right. So when Doug Barry and Jesse Romero, these guys are with that that arena right? right they're like that's their realm like, they kind that, of they, cross that bridge a little yeah, yeah they're not trads i mean we no. love those guys but they're not trads so it's like if they're getting up and they're like fired up over there and they were like we got you back bishop like they were everybody was like yeah let's go like <laughs> so if those guys are feeling that way and they're going to cause a stink you're going to get that from raymond arroyo and you're going to get that whole crew everyone will be up in arms they're not going to cause that big of a stir to their mission so there's no chance something's happening to Strickland. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. So when I see Mike Lewis, like, all excited, it's like, oh, finally, something's going to be done about Strickland. You're insane. This isn't some bishop in Puerto Rico that all the other bishops in Puerto Rico want him gone anyway. You're talking about Bishop Strickland, and you're not going to get him because he wrote a tweet. Yeah, how many, you know, middle-of-the-road, small, small-time bishops you've never heard of in the U.S.? Will finally like stand up and say something if they do something to Strickland, right? Because Strickland's one of those bishops, but we all know about him because he has stood up and said something. Uh, I agree with this statement with all my heart. It yeah. is not. It's just not. And when you see that this whole dude, this whole weekend was just so refreshing to know that, like, even Nick, your Jesse Romero, you got to put no homo on the end of those. 
<laughs> Even your Jesse Romero's, Doug Barry's, and Abby Johnson's have had enough, right? And Janet Smith has had enough. And it's like, because you have them on the same panel that you have a Dr. Kwasniewski on the same panel that you have a Kennedy Hall. Right. Yeah, these people were sitting there Hall. listening to Kennedy give a defense of Lefebvre. Dude, right? not just give a defense of Lefebvre. I've never like had like a, like a, uh, like any particular like draw felt felt drawn to Lefebvre because I'm not a society guy, right? Like I'll I'll go if I have like if I if that, it's that or an Ordo, I'll go. Like I do, I go once a month. Kennedy made me like love Lefebvre. Yeah, I. Uh, it's weird. I've never been to a society mass or even inside one of their chapels, but there's just something about something about Lefebvre where he, I don't know. I, I do have a devotion to him. Dude, he talked about reading his. He has a have you ever read his letter to a confused Catholic? To confused Catholics, Ken, Kennedy loves Lefebvre like I love Padre Pio. Yeah, like he does. It's it's his patron saint. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> it's like he laid it out, and he's like, at the foot of the cross, you have. John the Apostle, Our Lady of Mary Magdalene. John the Apostle, he's a bishop. He's not the Pope. Where's the Pope? The Pope just three times denied Christ. Where are the other bishops? They ran and hid. One, one, one was hanging from a tree. One killed himself. He got one left. And this is what he said. And he lays it out like typological. You know me with typology. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so what you're John. saying is, are we, we going to get Kennedy on to discuss this? <laughs> yeah, man. I Listen to me. When, and first of all, I'm I'm so mad I went after Kennedy. I, I went before Kennedy. I'm sorry. I'm mad I went before Kennedy because I didn't want to go first, right? Like I called um I called Father Lava. I'm like, I don't care when I go, just please don't make me go first. And he didn't. He said, um, he let me go at 1 30. I went after Eric Sammons, which is so funny. Listen, you want to really get it under Eric's skin? Say, Eric, I was looking through the program. There's a picture of Anthony, but there's no picture of you. They didn't even put Eric's picture in the Did program. Did give and him he a headshot? He for me. He was so mad. Oh. <laughs> it was obviously a mistake. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? But like, he comes up to me, he goes, Anthony, let's get this over with now. I'm like, what? He goes, I see your picture, but where's my picture? I'm like, well, like he, I don't know. He knew if this. you had looked, you would have brought it up. So he I was, just- if I noticed 100%, I would have wrote him. So, dude, my opening joke, I delivered my opening joke that I sent you because yeah. you told me it would land. Oh, I saw the video. It killed. Yeah, like, it got I, a big laugh. I'm like, so I, my opening joke, I tried on Rob and Kennedy first, and they both told me it was hilarious. It was good. But I was expecting Eric to, like, take a shot at me because he went right before me. And I was, and he asked me before he goes on, he goes, how do you pronounce your last name? A body, right? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, I hope he goes at me because I got a good one geared up, you know? But uh, it was gentle enough. Like it was, you know, it was a. Oh, it was. It was, you know, it was, it was good natured. It was fun. But it did get a big laugh, and getting that laugh is what calmed me. Like knowing, like, all right, I got, I got the room. I can handle this. Is a, this is an easy crowd. They're not like an, a stiff, uptight crowd. I thought I was gonna say it, and nobody laughed. I would have been like, guys, that's an Eric Simmons' old joke. Like, do I have to explain <laughs> these? Like, are you guys that slow? Wake up, guys. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy I didn't have to do that. Mm. Um. Yeah. So it's like. But Kennedy got up in, and he oh so I'm I if I would have gone after him though, the way he commands the stage is like dude he is. You're saying you would have used some. I would have been more more like like, more like Kennedy him. dude. He got up and he was like, 
Like I saw him beforehand, and he looked like like he was like really. Positive. He's like a. I imagine he's like a football coach giving a halftime speech. Dude, it was like he was he was like fire and brimstone energy, man. Like he was <laughs> just like he just he has a commanding presence. Yeah, he just does. He's a man, dude. Like he just has a commanding presence. And so I, after Kennedy gives his speech, somebody came up to both of us, and they were like, "I just want." It was a, a priest. A priest came up to both of us. And the priest said, I just want to talk to both of you and just say that, like, it's really great to see two young men, real men. Oh, I bet you loved being called young. You well, loved compared it. to the priest we were. Compared yeah. to the priest we were, you know. But Kennedy's younger than me. Kennedy's like 35. He's my age. Yeah, yeah he's 35 or something. So, um, yeah, it's like, uh, like when, but the, the older priest said, he was like, it's just so refreshing to see two young men, like really just taking the faith. So serious. dude, you got to realize most of these conferences, there's a lot of old, old people there, right? Like they're all retired. They have the time and the money to go. So it's not a matter of that, but there were a decent amount of young people there at, at my table. It's, it's me, Eric. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was me. Eric was there the first day. No, 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 he wasn't. I'm sorry. Me, Kennedy, Trevor and his father. Yeah. Um, and there was this other couple there. They were an older couple. They were so sweet and nice and hung out with us until late in the night. Like so the they, they interspersed people. the speakers between the 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 audience. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's we cool. all sat in the in the we sat in the main conference room with That's them. Cool. So like the speakers were usually at the front front row tables, like the first set of tables. So I was at table four, you know, Eric was probably at table three. It was like yeah. we were right up near the stage. So um it, it but it was really like uh it was a there were a decent amount of young people there like um i met a guy named jim vogel while i was there and kennedy knew him he's just say that name sounds okay is he the um angeles press he works with angeles press I right think so he he's somebody jim vogel he's he's my age he's literally my age he's 40 nick, nick if nick if you're listening i'm sure you know who who is jim vogel to this is to, to the society. I've heard of them, but. So in my age, right, the only other real cigarette smoker at the whole conference, me and him are like sneaking out smoking butts together. Um, I had sought, dude, I, I developed a genuine friendship with this kid, like genuine friendship with him. And yep, Nick like I, uh, yeah, he's SSPX Angeles Press Media. Okay. <clears throat> what an awesome friend like just an awesome friend dude like i had it was basically the whole the whole uh trip was kennedy brought a fr- his friend al with him his friend al was awesome also so it was it was pretty much kennedy and al and me and jim it was like the four of us spent the whole weekend together so i invited jim to come to pa with us he lives in pa cool oh nice so i invited him to come like i okay. dude, he, he was just a just a just a great guy like i had such a good time with him I don't know. He was like, anytime I go outside, like I'd, I want to go out and have a cigarette and I look outside <laughs> like, oh, Jim's out there. Let's go, bro. <laughs> like, yo. At one point I texted him like, yo, did you eat yet? I'm like, let's go grab breakfast together. He was just such a great guy. Dude, I met real friends at this thing. It was, it was such a fun time. I'm telling you, if they do this thing again, you guys have to, you have to save up your money and you have to, I know people complaining about it being expensive. This would have been worth every dollar if well, I had the bigger go. First off, I mean, it, Th- what three fifty got you VIP for the weekend? That's it. For yeah, that's great. I I'm pretty sure that was it, and that was like last minute tickets. I think if you had bought them like eight months ago, I think it was like two hundred bucks. 
I mean, there is no other. There is no other conference you're getting for that price. Father Lovell said TIC was what, 1400 That's what I mean. Or something like that? Easily. No. That's nuts. Like, how do you complain? Like, I don't, I don't, you know what? It's, it's, it's people who are, it's the Novus Ordo bitter Catholics who are mad that these priests have found a way to be supported. They want them to just crawl right. into the they, They'd rather have Father Lovell still serving at the Capitol Grill. Dude, you have to really think about that. Like, these are men who gave their lives to Jesus Christ, said something true, and got in trouble and lost their faculties. I mean, like, how... Those men don't deserve support. And, and I don't mean to, like, say this in a clericalist sort of way, but, like, how screwed up is it that someone who served at the altar in persona Christi had to be a server at a restaurant for years because he was canceled by his Bishop for saying something, you know, slightly too, traditional too under Benedict too orthodox. He said something too orthodox. Let me right. tell you something. So, so the priest with the cowboy hat, right? This man was just so great. Like Clay Hunt, Father Clay I, Hunt, I think they said, right? Father Lovell is the world's best bartender. <laughs> well, yeah, he had to be like for his job. So listen, he uh the, the priest with the with the cowboy hat, what was his name? Father I think they said Father Clay Hunt. Okay, so everything Sounds like, like someone who I, would wear a cowboy hat. I would say something like like talking about like um uh like I was talking to him about my kids, um, telling them like, you know, my you know, my son is getting older now and he's actually able to grasp these concepts and stuff. Praise God, my friend. Praise God. Like he was just so gentle and amazing. And I'm like, I'm like, well, how did you get canceled? Anthony, I was so he was doing like prison ministry and he's working down at on the border in Texas uh-huh. in, in prisons where illegal aliens are crossing the border and getting in trouble and doing terrible. And he's ministering to these prisoners. Yeah. Now his bishop. After Francis comes out and it's the Donald Trump era and they're all going crazy about the border, like he stood up and like he just said, like, I I can't go along with this. Like, this just isn't true. You're trying to say that America is evil and we're not like we are good to these people. You have to hear him say I'm trying to do his impression, but he was just so gentle. He's like, Anthony, I love these people like I was ministering to them. Like, don't tell me like I, that. He, he's like, don't like America treats people better than anywhere in the world. He goes, it's like, so, I'm, you do it. Or do you so want to like, okay. He was just getting like, he's like, I just couldn't lie. Like I, I could, I could, he wanted me to lie. My, my Bishop wanted me to lie. And the Bishop pulled him aside and said, you are going to obey me. He goes, and I will obey you, but I can't lie. And the right. Bishop, because yeah. a, a Bishop, they can't, Demand will be, you know, they can't command sin. <laughs> and that's Dude, what that's what lying is. Connor said it's a good impression. The guy was, this, this is exactly what he said. Praise God. <laughs> Anthony, praise God. And he's like so great because he'd have like a cocktail and you can see he's a little, like it was the end of the night, one in the right. morning. And just he's chill like, and relax. He's just so, dude, he's just so awesome. I don't know, man. Like I, I want to go and hang out with those men again. Like these aren't, dude, it's like, it's like you're, you're hanging out with masculine priests. They were not effeminate in any way. These aren't gay men. Like these were men. Mm-hmm. It was so refreshing to be around masculine priests, which is so r- rare these days. 
when it shouldn't be. Trevor said I was a good impression of him. <laughs> oh, Trevor. <laughs> By the way, anyone who doesn't know, Trevor uh, does have the Tridentine merch store up and running. So I believe it's tridentinebrewing.store. Um, so they have all their awesome tin, tin tacker signs on there for purchase and stuff like that. I'm going to get Father Hunt on. Because I love that man. Like I spent real time with him, probably more cool. than more than most of the other guys. Like me and him, especially last night, we, I spent about an hour just me and him talking outside. I got him to smoke a cigarette. I was like, just come outside, come have a cigarette with me. <laughs> Stuck one in his hand, and he hung out and smoked with me. <laughs> I just had such a good time with men. It was just so good. Michelle, did you come up and talk to me while we were there? I know you met Trevor, but I'm sure we did, right? Like anybody that came up and talked to me, I was like, "Come and let's hang. Come on!" Like I wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to like hang out with people. I was, I was so excited to just be around other Catholics who love the church and love the faith, and it was just such a, it was such a great time, man. I, I'm like so mad it's over. Why didn't you come over and say hello? So Probably because you're loud and like yeah. intimidating. <laughs> Probably intimidating. <laughs> uh... Oh, because he, he had the store. Yeah, he was set up with all his merch stuff. A lot of people did like pull me aside, though. A lot of people did, they were, and they were just doing it to encourage me. Like they were, just, dude, they were so kind to me. Everybody was so good to me, man. Treated me like I was important, and I wasn't. And I was just, I was just a like a, I was an attendee like everybody else. I just happened to talk for twenty five minutes on stage. <laughs> it, it I'm, just, I'm excited to watch you talk. I am. I'm interested to watch it just to see, like, because you have your own perception of how you think it went, you know? Yeah. Um, And I had a drink before I went up <laughs> to calm my nerves. <laughs> right before I did one <laughs> shot because I was nervous, dude. Don't listen to me. My, when I talk, I, I, I saw a video of you, like, pacing right before going up. I'm like, oh, man, he is nervous nervous dude like listen the last time i spoke publicly was my cousin eddie's wedding and i get up and all i have to do is read ephesians 5 husbands you know wives be subject to your husbands husbands only beat your wife with a stick and not a hammer like that's all i gotta do is read that <laughs> to read that passage. was that the joke you try to make oh. okay. just saying. so i get up and i just have to read ephesians 5 I get up and I had to clear my throat and I couldn't clear my throat because I didn't want to cough into the microphone. <laughs> joking. My voice cracks and it's like, dude, my stomach, I get butterfly. And now like it's accelerated. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, I'm ready to pass out because I just have to get through this reading and I can't speak. It was so bad. I, Eddie's got the video. I, oh. I would die if it ever got released. Like I would, and, but I would do it just to show you guys why I have a fear of public speaking. And we would show that one and then compare it to this. This oh, because I, you need to put me in touch with Eddie. I'll I'll get it. I really will. I'll get it because I'd want to see it. Like I'd want to. I don't mind throwing <laughs> myself under the bus. Cue music. Palms are sweaty. Knees we gloves heavy. Listen. So now I have this in my in the backdrop, right? Like this is in the back of my head. Like this is the last time I spoke. <clears throat> I go up and but you want to know why I you know why I was able to do it? Because of what mm. we do. Yeah. Because of what we do. So 
the first few interviews I did, you watched my first interview with Tim Flanders. Dude, it's bad. Like, I'm <laughs> like really nervous. I'm sweating like crazy. I mean, I'm sweating now, but it's just hot down here. I was a nervous wreck doing that first interview. It's like, I don't, I mean, you're getting on camera and you're going to talk. Like, if anybody understood how nerve wrecking it is when you start a podcast, right? But you didn't have it because you had a partner, though, right? Right from the start. Like, I, you know, right. it was, it was a lot, it's a lot easier to go on when you have somebody there. That's why I was right from the beginning, I was like, I need somebody. I can, well, I can right. Cause like this right now, it literally just feels like I'm talking to you. Just me and you having a conversation. It's, right. Exactly. That's it. Right. So, and we've always had that feeling on our show. Like it's never, mm-hmm. we've never been professional. We always wanted it to just feel like just two friends having a conversation. We've never been professional. No. 100% yeah. true. No, like <laughs> never. I don't think we ever will. I don't think people, they, they, they think it was weird. It, it would be weird. It wouldn't be us. It would be weird. Right. So mm-hmm. um, even Eric Salmon said he was like, uh, he, uh, when Connor asked him how my talk went, he was on Connor's show. If you ever want to see a nervous Nick Cavazos. My first was with Matt Frat with 3,000 yeah. people, dude. Holy cow. <laughs> but at the same time, though, you had other people there to speak. Like, you didn't have to fill all the time up. Like, you and Nick, you're super smart, man. Like, you had, you had Anthony's got nothing to fall back on. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a high school dropout, as he said first thing in his speech. And it's, and it, the thing is, if you're alone, you don't have, somebody to riff with like i'm good at like making fun of myself with somebody you can't make fun of yourself to yourself like there has to be somebody there to laugh at you being an idiot you know the the worst videos to make are like those um the school of jesus crucified videos i did when it's just me you hate them right like i literally put something up on screen for me to look at so i didn't have to see myself see your own face yeah it's they're weird i hate being on screen alone it's it's like it's a weird narcissistic thing for me i don't know i don't like it like i just don't like it i don't know like i'll probably do one solo show um this week cuz i you're not going to be able to stream every day with me and i'm probably Nicole's not home so i'll stream yeah. every day but the thing is when i at least have a live audience to interact with now mm-hmm. right like those first few shows i did it was just me I would. I actually read written stuff. Like I wrote my first few podcasts out. Those first few episodes, I literally wrote them out. That's insane. I can't believe I did. I can't believe I thought that that would be good. I can't believe I thought that. Would, I can't believe I did that, and that we actually have a decent show now. Like I remember uh, being one of the three or four people in the the live chat just making fun of you while you did it. Dude, I can't believe I ever thought that would catch on. We were terrible. <laughs> it, listen, I I really think like this show hit its groove with trivia, like because we were developing our friendship at the time, like we were getting used to each other yeah. and figuring out like what we could get away with, what we could tease each other about. Like when you don't, when you don't know somebody, you don't know how far you can push the line and what you could get away with. Like those first few episodes when you booted me off the screen, oh my like, gosh, dude, I never laughed so hard in my life. Like <laughs> I was, you just threw me off the screen. I'm laughing like, just thinking about it. My show threw me off. <laughs> Oh man! What a good time, man! Holy cow! We got to do another one of these conferences because it was. I just love being around other other people, man. Like it's just rejuvenating to me. I feel great. I'm ready to conquer, like conquer the week now. Like it was a. What other like? What other ones are there? Um, Oh, oh! So I met this guy. Okay, so I hung out with him last night. Um, 
So he was helping Dr. Kwasniewski sell books. And I'm like, dude, just come and hang out. And we went outside. He never had a dirty martini. I'm like, I'm, I bought him a dirty martini. And we just hung into it. It was me, him, Kennedy, and Jim Vogel and Al. And just the five of us. That's what I mean. It was like, just to sit into, oh, listen to this. We're sitting there talking, the five of us. And all yeah. of a sudden, a car goes by. There's a girl, door wide open, screaming her. Like, we may have witnessed a woman get kidnapped last night. No joke. I can't believe you've waited an hour to tell us the story. I forgot about it until Keith just jumped in. Like, dude. Oh, I don't, I'm sorry. Oh, you had one before. It was somebody else never had one before. It was, oh, uh, Kennedy. Kennedy never had one. So he took a sip of mine and he liked it and he wound up getting one. So, dude, we literally witnessed a girl get kidnapped. We, Dude, this guy, Keith, he's a big guy. He's like your size. Jumps up and runs after the car. Like, And I'm like, what? I'm from New York, dude. You hear women screaming all the time ready to jump out of a car, right? Like, I'm like, dude, he jumped out. He ran and chased the car down. We called the cops. The cops came. Like, we literally, and Keith just, just everybody just stopped. And we, we just started praying for the girl. Like, we all just, together, just started praying for her. Like, please, God, don't let anything what happen. And Keith prayed for the guy kidnapping her. Keith, you were a good man. Very you to check the Chicago news to see we should. who might have come from that? We really should. Like, we really should check. Because I'm telling you that I will not attend another Steubenville conference. <laughs> no, 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 never. Dude, we would take I've had that enough conference. beach balls during. We would literally unplug this the sound equipment and just start playing chant. <laughs> would change that whole place's environment. Ugh. I'd be I'd be up for like. Yeah, I'd be up for doing something like that at the Super Bowl. Yeah, you gotta go in. You gotta, you gotta. Uh, what do we call it? Infiltrate. <laughs> you gotta go in. And infiltrate. <laughs> Infiltration. Trad style. When a kidnapping even make the news in Chicago? No, probably not. <laughs> well, it was the outskirts of Chicago. It was like Illinois. It wasn't technically Chicago, but it was um, like Illinois. Yeah, well, Chicago is in Illinois, so. Well, Chicago is in Illinois, but not Illinois is not in Chicago. Like Illinois, you know, out, outskirts of Chicago. Oh wait, no, yeah, like not. It's it wasn't like Southside. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Um, I don't actually like praise and worship music, Caitlin. <laughs> That's a gag. <laughs> no, Sharon. The one the one I attended was for my. Uh, it was our confirmation retreat, and it definitely contributed to me being away from the faith for ten years. So yeah, Rosemont is the suburbs. And Illinois is a state. Chicago is a city inside I, of Illinois. I, Rob, yes, I understand. Rob likes that. To mess with me. Like, I know I said it right, and he just likes to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Michelle is, is southwest side of So, my wife went to school in, in Chicago um, when we were dating. So, my wife went to the Art Institute, which is like a very prestigious art school. Um, <laughs> Look at you guys, 80 people. Uh, so my wife went to a very prestigious art. It was like the top art school in the country. And we were uh, 18, like right out of high school. She went, we were dating. And I used to fly into O'Hare like twice a month. So like she went, she went away. We didn't see each other for like three months. And I, like I was debating, like, am I going to stay with this girl? Are we sure this just wasn't the New York family checking up on the Chicago family? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any family. I got family in Montreal. No, I mean the mob. I'm talking about. Yeah, the mob. I know. I got family up in Montreal. So if Kennedy gets out of line, <laughs> I can still get to him. <laughs> you. 
You don't know the mob ties up in Montreal, bro. A lot. But anyway, I told him Kennedy that once. <laughs> he didn't want to come on the show when you first met him. I'm like, bro, I know people out there. You don't want to mess around. Um, so, yeah, so she goes away to school and for like uh, maybe two months, you know. So she went away in uh, September and I don't see her for all September, October, November 1st. I'm like, I, I have to go see her. Mm-hmm. When I went out and saw her that first time, like I remember kissing her that first time after not seeing her for two months. And I was like, okay, I'm married. Earmuffs, that children. Like, that was, like, it. I was, like, I know I'm marrying her. Okay. So she started making plans to come back and not. So she only did, like, one semester in, in Chicago, or a year. She did the full year in Chicago, and then she came over okay. to the art. Like she went to SVA in Manhattan. Uh, I'm Canadian, and no joke, we have a maple syrup mafia looking out. I don't, I believe it. You want to know what it is, is a lot of people got in trouble in New York and escaped. I do. To Canada. I suppose. That makes sense. So there's a lot of mobsters up in Montreal. But okay, so now tomorrow is Monday. Um, so I'm gonna be trying to get I'm gonna try to get conference speakers on all week. So I spoke to Michael Hitchborn earlier, texted him earlier. He's going to come on. I'll figure out what day with him. Um, I want to get John Henry Weston on. I want to get um, yeah, right. This guy I wasn't even Catholic. Like I was Catholic, <laughs> but I wasn't taking my faith seriously back then <clears throat> at all. Like I, faith wasn't even like on the registry at that point. Um, I'm going to put a list together and I'll tell everybody what guests we're going to get on. We're going to get a lot of people on. We're going to have uh, all the all the people I enjoy talking to and meeting over there. We're going to get on here. So uh, some of them were better, better. Like you're going to see, we got some exciting stuff coming up. And then on Tuesday, we actually have Daniel O'Connor coming on. Oh, that's right. That is so Tuesday. We're doing aliens and AI on Tuesday with Daniel O'Connor. He's, he has a book coming out. And I really think he has an interesting take on it. So for anybody that's new, we don't only talk to trads. We have a charismatic coming on on Tuesday and I will talk to anybody I find interesting. Like I'm not somebody who thinks like if you go to the Novus Ordo, there's a problem. Like that's, that's what you have. That's what you have. And I don't care if you believe the faith and you're an Orthodox Catholic, you're my brother or sister. Um, so, <sighs> So two, what is that? Dad, it sounds sweet. What do y'all do when you get into this? Dude, I hate it. When he goes to <laughs> oh, Enoch, I love you, brother. What are you doing? Um, oh, wait. Enoch, wait. I talked to, oh, Jesse Romero. When I, when I talked to Jesse Romero, I go, Jesse, uh, Enoch is like telling me I have to talk to you. So you were my in with Jesse Romero while I was there. I used Enoch as an excuse to get Jesse. I'm like, Jesse, you got to come on with me. I Look, I gave, I tried to get Doug Barry. He's a little standoffish. Doug Barry was? A little standoffish. And he wasn't. Because you weren't in camel. Um, he, if you had put on camel, he would have been. He's just, dude, everybody wants to talk to him. He's like, he, like, you got to, I, I hope no matter how big this show ever gets, we never like think we're Catholic celebrities. There's no such thing as a Catholic celebrity. He's just a Catholic. Like you happen to you happen to talk on us. Unless you're a celebrity who happens to be Catholic. Yes, that's no like Jim Mel Gibson, Jim like, The rest of us are just Catholics, dude. Like, stop it. You're not that important. You just you put a microphone in front of your face. Have you not? Say, have you, know. you not noticed your name the last two episodes? No, I haven't. 
New niche Catholic celebrity. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> Doug Barry does Catholic prepping of soul. Yeah, I love Doug Barry. I want to get him on. So especially because I. So here's how I approached him. I didn't want to bother him. Like I didn't want to bother him because I saw him getting mobbed. So before he went on stage, it's a Doug. I just got to say something to you real quick when you get off stage. So what I did was I wrote down on the paper. Uh, the Danielic Mystery, Episode 1, Avoiding Babylon, my name, my email. And as he got off, I said, Doug, I know a million people bothering you. We featured your show on our show. We played clips from your show on our show. Mm -hmm. If you watch the show, I promise you, you will want to talk to me. Just here's the, here's the Sean, info. He's, he's a grace force. Yeah. Yeah. Grace force. So the thing is, if he has the humility to watch the thing I told him to, I know he'll want to talk to us. I mean, we featured clips of his show in our show, and it was a very good show. So, oh, also, anybody who's new, go back and watch the Danielic Mystery series we did. Danielic Mystery in the book it, of Ephesians. It's like Anthony's talk, except... Way more. So, it's, it's two episodes, three hours long, and I condensed that into 25 minutes with leaving so much important stuff out. So, if you did enjoy my talk... You will love these episodes. So it's a Danielic mystery in the Book of Ephesians, two part series, and then follow and it up. If you're, as you say, if you're feeling adventurous, then watch the episode with Josh, Joshua, Joshua Charles. Charles. So, and also go back and just watch our interviews. Our interviews are great. Like I'm not patting myself on the back. We happen to get very interesting people. Our Gavin uh, Ash, oh. Ashton interview is still. Yeah. I still think that's one of the greatest interviews. And, and the great thing is, like, some of these older shows are starting to get a little bit of traction because we do have a lot of new people coming in. So I'm seeing, like, even just, like, typical episodes are starting to hit over a 1,000 mm -hmm. views now, like, just regulars, which that was never – that never happened before, you know? So just – we know everyone wants Father Ripperger, but, little like, legit, he is booked out two to three years in advance. Don't worry about Father Ripperger. Oh, no. We're getting Father Wolf. See, I'm not. I'm. I. I am. I'm not familiar with Father Wolf, and I know Rob. What hole do you live in? Like, when are you gonna get out from underneath this rock? It's important you know these people now. <laughs> you need to do this. You need to research these people. Listen, so Father Philip Wolf. It, it'd is, be different, except you've given me a list. Like I know, I have. I've <laughs> overburdened you, and you have an infant, a newborn. So um, let's. All right, so. Now, Father Wolf. Okay, so my talk that I gave, uh, that's amazing. I love the Father Father Isaac got you guys here because he, he was another great interview we did. <clears throat> yeah, we interviewed Father Isaac. Go, go watch that one. So um, That was a good one. In the talk I give, I quote Father Wolf's end times talk in the beginning of it. And I actually say, so this is Cornelius Alapi Day that Father Wolf gave this talk. And I, and I give like this little section from the apocalypse, but I mentioned Father Wolf at the beginning. So after the talk is over, a woman came up to me and she said, Anthony, I'm friends with Father Wolf. And I just, so I wrote the same thing. I wrote all our information down and I said, Danielic Mystery, if he watches this, please tell him I would love to talk to him. Uh, I would never put him on the spot. If he wants to tell me there's rules to it, that's fine, but just tell him, here's my info, this is my phone number. If there's any chance in the world he'll come on with me, I would greatly appreciate it. So there, you never know. There's a possibility. I got a line out in the water. Crazier things have happened on this show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
crazier things have happened on this show. <laughs> the Father Isaac one was pretty crazy. Oh, that was a good one, man. Just to have him back on. Like we just kept talking about, like we want Father Isaac and uh, Daniel from Spirit Juice TV was like, I know him. I was like, no way, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Uh, uh, we forgot uh, the spirit too sad I'm going to get so yeah so Father Shannon Collins I have his contact info me and him exchanged information I'm going to try and get him on now he lives in Scotland so we're going to have to do that one on a Saturday so, that might so be he's the one that you couldn't understand yeah I couldn't understand a word he said he's hard to understand he's like when I say Scottish accent like not not Braveheart Scottish like I'm talking like when, like when you were saying that earlier I'm thinking I bet Anthony thought Braveheart was what Scott sound like. <laughs> no, dude, like that's like you can understand. You can't understand what this guy says, man. It's wild. So, so uh, yeah, uh, how if I wanted if to watch, just look watch up, Father so, Wolf. If you want to just look up Father Wolf sermons, there's an E at the end of his name, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, Father Wolf sermons, you will get a playlist on Census Fidelium of Father Wolf uh, conferences. Now, if you want to listen to the most amazing conference you've ever heard in your life it's 16 episodes and it's called our lady of revelation Hmm. okay it is a 16 part series they're an hour each and he lays out you it, it changed my life this conference it was like a four day conference he did four hours per day that's exactly what robert's saying here right our Lady of Revelation is a life-changing series. So if you guys want, if you guys are going on a long car ride and you got, you know, you're taking a road trip and you want something to listen to, I promise you, you will be, you will be mad when your road trip is over that you didn't get to finish it. Like that's how good it is. It is out of this world. I may, re- I may listen to it again. Like it was that good. Uh, he was FSSP. I think that his father was sick and he had to take care of his father and that's why he's no longer at that's that's the word on the street. I don't know if that's the mm. real thing. But the I'll tell you right now the the talk that I heard it might be the reason he got in trouble, which <laughs> is the one that I quoted at the beginning of my talk like that might have gotten him in trouble because he talks pretty you know, does Anthony listen to podcasts and his work? Absolutely. Constantly. I've listened to one of your episodes. I checked out one of her episodes. Well, I think the first one. Right? She has a YouTube channel now. Like yes. Susan. Yeah, Omi. by the way, yeah, everyone go check out her YouTube channel. Uh and TikTok if you are into TikTok. Connor's asking if I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Like really exhausted. Like I've been Do you work I, this week. I have work tomorrow in Staten Island on top of that. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm so tired. I don't want to go to. <clears throat> um, I don't want to go, but I have to. So, yeah, no, uh, I slept very little this weekend because I was up until like 1 or 2 a.m. every night and getting up at 7. He still left SSP, but he's in headquarters for now. Uh, well, I know he was caring for his sick father. I don't know exactly what his deal is. I'm, I'm only going by what his friend told me. So, all right, man, let's wrap this one up. This is a good one. I hope everybody yeah, shares it. Was it. Fun. Yeah. And then, uh, so Tuesday's Daniel O'Connor and expect surprise shows this week. Like there's going to be some surprise shows because I'm going to do everything I can to get some of the men that I spoke to this weekend on our show. Man, I don't want to miss. 
Well, if I get somebody good, you're coming on. Like, I don't okay. care. Hope's just yeah. gonna have to I mean, if it's somebody good, you're coming on. Yeah, if try to schedule the good ones. Well, I don't, I'm sure they're all good, but I mean. And no, if I go on alone, you don't have to come on. But if I get a guest, you're coming on. Like, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. But when, when, I, it, you, when you say that, I hope you, you mean like you'll schedule it for when I'm available, not you'll get me into coming on. I'll talk to Hope. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tons is always a pro shows if we expect them. Uh, I'll be on. I'm going on every night this week. Rob will be on it. Minimum Tuesday, Thursday, maybe Wednesday too. He'll come on. We'll see. I'll try to set it up for or Friday, Wednesday or Friday. I'll try to slip slip a good one. Hope's <laughs> listening. Oh man, yeah, she's listening. I didn't know she was listening. <laughs> uh, we'll get her a little. We'll get her a treat. Don't worry about it. Um, all right, guys, let's wrap this up. I'm gonna go upstairs and get some sleep. Uh, okay. Wait, did you see this? <laughs> Father Rick Heilman, who does Grace Force with Doug, kind of got canceled. He did, yeah. His bishop just moved him from his parish. There were lots of newspaper hippies. On. Yeah, so Doug mentioned that. Hmm. Doug mentioned that. He didn't get into detail, but Doug said, I know a little, a little bit of something about canceled priests. Because, I mean, look, if you're a priest and you're speaking the truth, you're going to get in trouble. It's just the situation we're in now. So, like, I don't care... When Nick, that kid Nick on Twitter tells me those priests should be like Padre Fidelis Pio. Padre or whatever. Yeah. They should be like Padre Pio and they should shut up and just live a life in a hermitry. No, they're not that they're not being told. They're being told go work at the Capitol Grill. Or or <clears throat> go to this mental institution. And, yeah. You know, like it's, oh, there's dude. some. The St. Luke stories are horrible. So I don't often um, tell people to go watch Church Militant, but when the coalition mm-hmm. Uh, for cancel priests first formed. I mean, it's only been two two years, right? I mean, this conference was on the anniversary. Mm-hmm. So when the the coalition was first formed, they did a uh, uh, all the priests that were involved did a show on church militant about their backgrounds, what got them in trouble, what they were asked to do, and like it is some crazy and evil, like truly evil stuff. So yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, here's the thing. It's like, how do you not support these men? If you don't support these men, you won't get other priests willing to risk their neck. Yeah. Like, do you want cowards for priests? Because that's what you're going to get. Unless you support, unless a priest says, okay, they'll have my back. Like, they'll have my back. I could go and speak the truth. Like, we need our priests to be courageous and they need to have a place because the bishops hold money over the, their livelihood over their heads. Like, these are men who gave their lives to Christ, go to join the seminary take vows go become get ordained and then it's and then they're told they're not allowed to preach the gospel like you know how evil that is in centuries past the laity have always given shelter to priests whether it was during roman persecution whether it was against you know elizabeth in england we have always sheltered our priests from people you know trying to cancel them trying to kill them trying to whatever and and we have to do it again and this you time it just to happens to be against our men, own church. They need a security blanket. Like they need to know that okay, if I if I stick my neck out here to stand up for the faith, is there an organization that has my back? Like that has to exist. Yeah. Like that has um, to exist. Like this is not anything like the Padre Pio thing. And and Steve Cunningham annoys me when he says it is like, he keeps saying that like, this is the difference in promises and vows. These men do not take vows of obedience. Like a, like a, a 
because people need to realize that they do not take a vow of obedience. You're talking about men getting canceled because they wanted to continue to give the the sacraments during COVID. Like you're not going to give that. You're not going to back that man up. Seriously, you're not going to you're not going to support that man. Are you kidding me? I, I, I have nothing but the highest respect for Father Lavel. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, just getting to know him a little from doing the show. Because we've done, what, two or three shows with him now? I mean, he, at first, when he was on Trivia, <laughs> at the end of that, I'm like, I don't think he likes us. Because <laughs> he, he's got that Chicago brash. He's got attitude. that Chicago when I tell uh, you, sense of humor. To me. When I tell you, he's introducing me to people saying you have to listen to Anthony's show. Like, he's like, really, like, he, like, I have nothing but the highest respect for that man. I spent time with him this weekend. Like, don't tell me who he is. I know who he is. I hung out mm-hmm. with him. Like, I saw the and the guy, he's running a conference. He's got all these things going on. And he was joyful the whole time. He lost his voice because he had so much stuff going on, barely sleeping, <laughs> hanging out with a little riffraff until one in the morning, waking up at 5 a.m. the same ass. Like, don't tell me. Like, you guys, don't, I don't care what anybody says to me. I know I did the right thing going to this conference. Because I was, well, I was, I had to pray about it, right? Like, I wasn't 100% sure. I'm like, am I doing? I've never been more confident that I did the right thing than I than I am now. I cannot wait for the next one. This has nothing to do with me. Like, these priests need support. The priests I met this weekend, so unbelievable, man. And I want, pre- I want my priest at my parish to know if you say, if you speak out against the demonic things that are happening in the world, you got a place you could go. And we'll help support you and we'll have you back. Like, mm-hmm. that's what this is. This isn't guys who went and broke vows of chastity. Like that's not what we're talking about. We're not like that's not even close to what this is. These are men who said something true or did something orthodox and lost their faculties. It's it, 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 if I if I remember right, some of the the men that this supports, like they were seminarians and wanted to like they wanted to just learn things about tradition. And or they were seminarians and knew of other seminarians like hooking up together, you know, homosexually and said something. And that's why they got canceled. So, yeah, I so like I was like uh, when I see people online saying like that, well, they should just they should just stop looking for the spot. Like, I have no respect for you. You don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't care if that if that's your opinion. I don't I don't know. You're you're in a different world than I am. Yeah, not not every opinion is valid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're not even in the you're not even paying. The only way these people can function in the world they're in is by pretending things aren't what they are. Like I'm not going to pretend a man in a dress is a woman, and I'm not going to pretend the church is in good shape. I'm not going to pretend mm-hmm. Francis is a good pope. I'm not going to pretend any of it. I won't lie. Like I'm not. I mean, I'm just not going to pretend. Yeah, it's like uh, so, um, Alexander. Uh, Oh, I always have trouble pronouncing his last name. Solzhenitsyn says, oh, so live, yes, not, yes, live not by lies. Yeah, live not by lies. Like, I'm just not playing pretend. It's the same thing as when they try to tell you that that dude's a woman. No, it's not. <laughs> no. No. And the priest that keeps his head down and doesn't say anything isn't a good priest. Maybe he is. You know, maybe he just hasn't gotten the spotlight, but whatever. It's like there are good parish priests, though. I didn't mean to say that, obviously. But if there, if the, if courage is demanded, I want my priest to have courage, and I don't want him to back down and bow to the bishop if he doesn't have to. Like Because the, the time's coming. You're like, 
priests and all Catholics are going to have to either stand up or or give up the faith. That's the choice that we're going to be given. You'll be asked to pension since the Caesar too. So will I. So will everybody listening to this. Just what happens. Everybody will eventually be asked to pinch incense to Caesar, and it's all about what you'll do when you're asked. Yeah. And yeah. three years ago was a trial run. Yep. 100%. And too many so. people failed. All right. Let's wrap this up. That was a good one. Yeah. Good show. All right, guys. Later. Yep. Yep.